Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Pure Hoops podcast. We are back another week. Another show. BJ Armstrong in LA, Eric Newman in New York. BJ, we have had a heat wave that has people literally just running to the East River and the Hudson River. That's how bad it is. So give, wow. me, give, give me something give me something positive from L.A. this week. It's 70 and sunny, Eric. Always <laughs> 70 and sunny. The consistency, what else is new? What else is the new? consistency uh, for the Southern California weather is incredible. So, um, but you know what? It beats the, the cold that, you know, you have for the majority of the year. So, uh, you know, you, 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 know, you got to take it. You got to deal with it. Hence why you're always in a great mood and I'm always moody as hell. <laughs> so as uh, fate would have it, we record our last show. We go back to doing, you know, all the other things we do. And then, of course, the Westbrook Paul blockbuster happens. And, and thankfully, Adam Stanko and I got to break it down on a on one of our, our quick hitters. But, you know, so much uh, has been discussed over the last week in terms of, OK, we know what Houston's goal is here, which is obviously now championship or bust with the Western Conference up for grabs. And they're very much in the uh, the conversation now with the upgrade at uh, point guard with Westbrook. But, you know, Chris Paul is still a very talented player with a, a, a real rough contract and a guy with a lot of pride who's going to want to figure out, OK, how do I uh spend the rest of my career in an ideal situation where I can win the thunder are going into a rebuild in a massive way so talk to me my friend uh, how do the thunder and chris paul navigate here moving forward well i i think it's very very simple when you look at the the, the facts of what's going on there the the oklahoma city thunder wants to obviously keep the uh, trade value of Chris Paul as high as they possibly can. And one way to do that is by saying he is prepared to start the season off here. We expect him to start the season off here and then move forward. So that way you don't devalue him and you don't devalue his trade value, right? The one thing that I think Chris Paul and his camp will have to do is not come in and demand a trade knowing that Sam Presti and company have to trade them because you know uh, you have a disgruntled player so i think the two will will work hand in hand to try to get the best deal possible uh it looks to be and i have no way of knowing this and uh but it looks to be that the oklahoma city thunder are looking for draft picks 
I would venture to say that they probably in talking to the to the to their camp, meaning to the Chris Paul camp, they will look for certain teams, but he will try to work out a deal where he'll get one or two or the best deal possible as far as getting draft picks back and then go from there. I think that will be the kind of the meat and potatoes of the deal. And then you'll figure out how do you have to move the salaries and the structures and things he'll have to take back to make it work. But uh, so I think that's what it will probably look like to some degree. And then uh, both parties would move on and, and, and part ways. And I think uh, that'll be the, that'll be best for everyone involved. So you, you make it sound easy, but the issue is there's only a certain amount of teams that have movable contracts and salaries that can make that work. And, you know, you and I both know that if someone's taking that Chris Paul contract off of the Thunder's hand, they're also going to uh, want to receive something in return. So I think teams are going to be asking the Thunder for picks from their treasure chest. So this is going to be really interesting because, you know, starting with Miami, who, as you know, has – you know, Goran Dragic at 19 million, James Johnson 15, Justice Winslow 13, Olenek 11 and a half, Waiters at 12. You know, they've got contracts, but they don't have picks to move because some of their picks are already with Oklahoma City for the future. So, you know, does Chris Paul in Miami with Jimmy Butler make them a uh, championship contender? I don't think so, but it makes them a competitive team and it's a much different situation than Oklahoma. So I, I guess I'm scratching my head on who could actually make a deal that considers themselves a contender or, as we were talking about before the show, is this a buyout situation? Which, you know, obviously, as you said, Oklahoma wants to be sure they get the most back possible for him. Um, but I, I don't see who comes knocking. You? Well, when Chris Paul signed this deal, you know, the, the, the experts all said this is a contract that can't be moved, right? Um, but there's always a taker out there, and there's always a person that will, and I think history has supported that, that you'll find a way, if need be, or things come together, that the contract will be moved. You know, Chris Paul is at a position in his career where he's in the now moment. So I don't think draft picks or future draft picks are going to be a concern to a team that's going to want to get him uh, at the present moment because the team that does trade for him or whatever he decides to do, they're going to be in the now moment. So, you know, I, I just think he has to find the right place, whether that's Miami or or he decides to go a buyout route or or whomever, you know, it could be someone we're not even anticipating or thinking about right now that has the, 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 the salaries and the, the structure to move a salary like that. And uh, you kind of go from there, but I'm pretty sure he will find the right place and maybe in, in the right place, maybe OKC for all we know, you know, you, you know, you just never know how things will happen and we'll see what Chris Paul wants to do, but, at this age, I would see, I would venture to say it's probably difficult to, you know, knowing that he probably won't get another major deal after this deal to be yep. able to uh, go a buyout route. But hey, you know, maybe he feels a different way about it and he wants to continue to, to pursue that championship route, which 
you know, is his prerogative, but we will see. But I, I'm sure there will be options as we um, we continue to go through the summer and, and as the season approaches. So the other side of this, obviously, is Russell Westbrook now pairs with James Harden and the rest of that Rockets crew. I mean, those out there that are doubting this or they're citing the Harden-Westbrook usage rates and saying this isn't going to work, I, I I find it hilarious. I, I think this is the exact jolt and change the Rockets needed to go all in on this brand new, no more Golden State Dynasty Western Conference where we've seen the Lakers build their roster. The Clippers, of course, build their team. The Nuggets bringing back their squad. Utah acquiring Connolly. The Rockets had to make this move. How do you see, first and foremost, Russell Westbrook on the floor Everything spread out, downhill, high pick and roll all day long. How do you see this working? Well, Eric, I, you know, this is very interesting. And, and I watch and I say, but I get very animated about certain aspects of the game. You know, people should have a concern on whether this is going to work or not. And the concern shouldn't be the players, right? You, obviously, you need talented players. And both of those players, we're talking about a James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, they are as talented as any players in the NBA currently, right? Mm -hmm. They are what I, I think they are what MVPs for the last two years, right? Or, uh, two of the last three, 17 two, and yeah. 18. Yep. Yes. Okay. So, but my concern is of, is of the bigger picture. Okay. First of all, it's not the players. They're going to have to commit to a system of play that we know teams must commit to in order to play into June. And that's going to that's going to resemble the following. However you want to slice it or dice it or whatever the coach's philosophy is, this team is going to have to defend. This team is going to have to rebound the ball and this team is going to have to share the ball with one another. That is going to be the formula that has been since the beginning, in whatever league you play in, the, the college basketball, high school, AAU, pro, you're going to have to defend. So my commitment into watch this team and say, okay, they have talented players. They can score and they can do all those things. That's great. At some point, you're going to have to get a you're going to have to get a defensive stop. Yep. You're going to have to get a defensive stop. And then here is my major question. Okay. Coaching, if you will, if we can put our coaching hat on here on the show, coaching is about taking people where they can't take themselves. Is this team going to commit to the defensive end? That's my question. They'll be, they'll figure out how to score. They'll figure out all the other things that we're talking about. They'll play downhill and Mike D'Antoni will have great offensive sets and all these things. We know what they'll do on the offensive end, but are, do they, meaning those two players, their they're, they're, they're two best players, will they have the commitment and the discipline to be a better than average defensive team? Because that is the only system and the only style of play that will allow you to play into June. For sure. And that's a team that needs to get out and run and be in transition. And as you've preached time and time again, and as we've seen, 
That starts defensively with getting stops, finishing the possessions on the glass, and going. And Westbrook, yes. obviously, one of the great defensive rebounding guards that we've ever seen, is going to add to that. Now, he takes a lot of gambles defensively, and he's always looking for the, the, the steal and to go back the other way in transition. So with what you've seen from the Houston Rockets, let's say the last two years, two years ago, the best season, I, I believe the best record they've ever had in the regular season. They're up 3-2 to two on the Warriors in the conference finals, and we all know what happened after that. Chris Paul gets hurt. They lose in seven. They've got P.J. Tucker. They've got Trevor Ariza on that team. They've found a defensive identity. Last season, they start the season off sluggish. They don't have Ariza anymore. They lost that edge a bit. Then Harden started started to carry them back, playing at a whole nother level. And they made a, a an admirable run in the West as far as you know where they ended up in the standings. And then they, of course, go down at the hands of the Warriors again. When Kevin Durant gets hurt in game five, it was there for the taking. Series tied at two. They didn't get it done. So my question is, have you seen enough from the Rockets at different moments in the past where you've seen, okay, if that's the team in terms of the identity and the tone and, and playing defense to go along with that explosive offense, have you seen enough from them? Now, if Westbrook and Harden lead that, can they get it done? That's my long-winded lead-up for that. I like what they do during the regular season. I like the roster that this team has. I, I All of the things that you're talking, I, I like it. But what I don't like is the following. When you're talking about playing championship caliber basketball, there is a change in philosophy that must be committed by the entire organization. There has to be... Look, you can score all the points you want to be. You can be an explosive offensive team. You can do all of those things that we are talking about here currently on the show. And offensively, they will you will argue in the regular season when they go on a 15 a 15 game winning streak. Oh, this team looks championship caliber and battle tested. Okay, that's great. That's the regular season. When we get to the playoffs though, Eric, is this team going to commit to the philosophy that a champion, every championship caliber team has, and this is going to take time. So I, stay I, with I, it. And, and well, it's not going. Will they stay with it? They got to commit to this from day one. Right. You don't just turn these switches on. You don't just start playing one way for eighty-two games and then play another way in the playoffs. They are who they are. Now, is it possible for them to get the right matchups and go all the way to the finals and win it? That's possible. Highly unlikely, but it is possible. Every so, team is going to have to commit to the defensive end. And that's all I care about mm-hmm. with this crew. That's all. I don't care about how many points they score. I don't care about how many threes they get up. I don't care about combinations on the floor. Are they going to put five guys at a time, at a time who are going to commit to a defensive way of playing that's going to allow them to go deep into June. Now, so here, that is the commitment. My, that's here's it, my that's, qu- yes. Here's my ahead. question. So let's let's put the Clippers at the top of the list as the team that's going to 
set the bar and be committed defensively from day one because we very well know that's their identity, especially with the additions of Kawhi and Paul George. So let's put the Clippers right there. You have the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Rockets, and the Portland Trailblazers, who a lot of people are already forgetting about, which I think is foolish. Who's that team out of those five? Lakers, Jazz, Rockets, Nuggets, Blazers. Who's that next team that's going to develop that identity that you're talking about? Well, the, the, there, there are two teams that have, that have piqued my interest because of the following. I can't ever forget. And, of course, I forgot the Warriors. The effort and the energy necessary that you must give to that game is required to do it, right? We're just talking about talented players that look good on, on paper right now. There are two teams that I think have the F that can expend the effort and give the energy to do it at this point. If you ask me right now today, and those two teams are the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Yep. If Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi, the, the, the one thing that, that I'm not going to forget is how hard that game really is to play. Kawhi Leonard, and I, and I can't forget this, missed 22 games last year through load management. If he missed 22 games in the Western Conference, I don't know how that's going to play out. He Very made, true. They made, they made, they may not make the playoffs. Raptors were 17 and five without Kawhi, but I couldn't tell you right now how many of those games were versus okay. East and versus now, West. Now, now, Paul George is a terrific player. He's a ter- and, and he's capable of, of doing it. But in the Western Conference, it's a different animal. It's a different animal. Now, that I have to take into account. Sure. With, with, the, with the Lakers, you know, father time is undefeated. I can't forget that LeBron James is, what, 30? How old is he? 30. LeBron James will be 35 in 35. December. Uh, he's in phenomenal shape, takes great care of his body. But father time hasn't lost a game yet. He's undefeated. And the effort and energy required to play that game. Hell, LeBron James or Anthony Davis can't miss significant amount of time this year if they're going to reach their full potential. And Anthony well, Davis. So and quickly, Davis, let me ask. Let me ask. Do they play the load management game with I, either I, I, of those guys? In the Western Conference, in the Western Conference, you play that game, you may be on the outside looking in, you may be on the outside looking in to the other teams as they advance. Because they it's going to be really tough. Sacramento's going to be improved. New Orleans isn't going to be like you're going to have to beat New no, Orleans. New Orleans they, they is going to be they're going to be uh, must watch league pass. Sacra, Sacramento, you, yep. Portland. Okay, Portland. The thing about Portland to me is is the consistency of which their best player Damian Lillard has been. You know, the last three to four years, he's consistently played a, a fair amount of games every single year. Now, if he continues to do that with the additions they made, they could be right there. This For isn't sure. good. So the two teams right now that have my interest, 
if I said today, all right, and I'm and, and and the only reason I'm saying Portland is because Portland, their best defensive player is just getting there, right? We don't know what Whiteside probably is. What's his impact going to be in the Western Conference? Yep. But if he fits into that group, he arguably will put them right there with Gobert, with Denver, and certainly Portland went in there and won a game seven last year. In Denver, yeah. In and Denver. and, and no. Nurkic, Nurkic, they're hoping comes back in the middle of the season. Whiteside, contract expiring year is the stopgap. So, and uh, they, they've Listen, they're building a really good team, and, and team. another another under the radar move. They they brought in Bazemore, um, who fits really well with them as now, as another wing. Now, I, I I like on paper. I like Kawhi Leonard. I love Kawhi Leonard. I love Paul George. I love that. The, the The fact remains is that those young men have to play and give a lot of effort and energy to get this done. This is a young man's game. And when you start playing that many minutes and putting that type of wear and tear on your body, it piles up, you know, step. And the reason I say with Golden State is Golden State has all of those players have over 100 games or so in the playoffs. Steph Curry now is a 30 year old guard. Oh, and I mean, that the is, last the last five years, it's, it's okay. unbelievable how, so, how much extra they've they've uh, extra mileage for sure. OK, so now you're going to ask Steph Curry to expend that type of energy that he hasn't had to do. In the last five years on the defensive end, because Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala and all of those other players have done an excellent job of defending all of those other little guards, the De'Aaron Foxes and the. Russell Westbrook's not going to be able to hide Steph. You can't hide him now. And this, 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 and and this young man, he's a young man at 30, but as a guard, you're not getting any faster or any quicker at 30. Okay. You're maintaining now. Okay. And that is the age 30, 31, 32 max where you're saying, I can still do what I do. Before you start saying, I got to pick and choose what I got to do. Right. Okay. Now, Steph Curry is in unbelievable shape. He's playing the game at the highest level. And I'm not saying that he's he's on the downside. But what I'm saying is, as a guard, we've all been there. And you know, at some point, I remember the first time when I was like 30, 31, and I saw Allen Iverson for the first time, I thought, oh, man. <laughs> This guy was running so fast. I, I was like, oh, wow. Like, that, that was a game changer. These kids, De'Aaron Fox and these guys are running so fast that now Steph Curry, I mean, he's, I mean, it's only natural. I mean, this, yeah. he, it's only natural that he will have to slow down. He will slow down at some point. Okay. So, no, no, very I would good be, point. I would very be very, point. I'd be very careful because. He hasn't had a break in the last five years. Okay, he's played a hundred some game. I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he has to have played over a hundred plus games in the playoffs. So that means he's played this more games in a condensed amount of time with a shorter rest period in the same amount of time where the other players they end in April or whenever they end 
and then they're hanging out for five or six months. So at some point, that's going to add up, especially for a guard. Big guys don't have – big guys can push and do other things to still be effective. Speed and quickness at that point guard position is one position you can't cheat on. No, there's, there's nowhere to hide. You're on and an island, you're, and you're, you're constantly being put in pick and rolls. You're, you're, so, so at some point here, we have to say he's human. Like I know he – plays then but you know what and and vj he's played 112 playoff games since 2012 but 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 93 of them have been since 2015 yeah and then basketball you got usa basketball in there yep you i mean this is an incredible amount of games for a guard to play yeah and we've talked about it with LeBron in the past too, when when his finals run started with Miami and all of those long series plus USA basketball. It's uh, it, it's a grind. So this this is going to be something to keep an eye on as we fly through this. Um, you know, as sports fans, and you know, we we agree on a lot of different things, and 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 one of them is is just the joy of watching great competition and last week watching uh watching Wimbledon and thinking about the longevity and greatness of you know what they're calling now the big three of men's test of um Djokovic Federer and of course uh Rafa and uh you know I'm a Rafa guy he's he's my favorite um Still watch the final anyway, which was dramatic. So, you know, our, our shout out to our producer, Mike Lieber, you know, put together some info for us, uh, painting a parallel between those three. And obviously the overlap of prime years wasn't the same, but what it was like to have Magic, Bird, and then Jordan coming up right behind him and that appreciation. And obviously Bird breaks down because of the, the back injuries Magic, unfortunately, has the HIV announcement following uh, Jordan's first championship, which which was against him and the Lakers, and obviously '91, which you were a part of. Um, but you know the, the the greatness of having these three talents. Um, what do you see in the three tennis guys that you know translate back to what you saw from from Mike, Magic, and Larry? Wow, that, that that's a big question. Um... You know, I, I'm a, I'm a huge tennis fan, and I, I love tennis. And you know, I, I you know I've been watching Pete Sampras and and all of the great players, and Arthur Ashe, and and you know I've always watched tennis. But uh, you know, Roger, you know, you said you said Rafa, Roger does it for me. Yeah. Right? You know, Roger is like if I was a tennis player. He plays the game like I wish I could play. I mean, his backhand is just beautiful. Oh, everything. Upper-sight. Everything. I, I mean, he, unbelievable. He's the most beautiful tennis player. I mean, like, like the guy just plays the game like we probably all imagine or wish we could, right? And that's kind of what I said, you know, all those years playing with Jordan. Jordan plays the game like we all wish we could, right? You know, he the way he moves, the way he defends – his mentality about the game, the way he approaches the game. You know, Roger is that for me. 
but watching all three and how they prepare, like their preparation, like Jokovic and and and, and Rafa. I mean, you, you just have to appreciate the longevity and, and how well they've been able to do it. You know, I feel so fortunate to be able to say that I played against Larry Bird, I played against Magic Johnson, and I played against and with Michael Jordan. So to be able to see firsthand and compete against those men in that era was incredible, but you had incredible players i mean you had you know kareem you had Mo, the late Lo, moses malone you had akeem olajuwon you had you know so many wonderful players uh in that era you know i saw a late bernard king i played against an isaiah thomas i you know just the list goes on and on and on but the preparation that those three basketball players and to watch these tennis players it's been an it's been an amazing run that they're doing it at this age, and the fact that you know what they're continuing to do it. That was one of the great matches, Roger and uh, Rafa at the Wimbledon at Wimbledon this year. And then to, for Roger at his age to be able to do what he did against Djokovic in the in the in the finals was simply like amazing. Like it was just one of the more amazing matches I've seen. And I watched the entire match. So, um, you know, that's why these guys are professionals. And you just have to tip your hat to them because uh, it's not it's 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 you know, it's not easy. They make it look easy. But the most important thing is that, you know, their preparation to get to those moments is bar none. And that's probably the most impressive thing about it, knowing the type of discipline it requires, especially at their age, to continue to not only get to the top, but stay on top. Every day, every meal, every repetition. I mean, it's it's incredible. So um, it's, it sounds like your Federer NBA comparison from back in the day in terms of who we remind you of. Safe to say back in the day it would be Jordan. Would you would you? Yeah, I, that I, you know, I, 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 you know, I. I... When I'm at home and we're watching the game, my wife just happens to be a tennis fan as well. And um, I, I, you know, I, I, I had this appreciation for Derek Jeter. The fact, mm. not what he did on the field. Clearly, I loved what he did on the field. But the way he was able to navigate off of the field, to me, was the most impressive thing I've seen. <laughs> okay? Like, the fact that you didn't hear anything about him off Right. of the field to me was like especially in this era i just and, i had and, an appreciation and in that city for sure in that city right i mean you never heard anything you know he was the only guy where he would break up with girlfriends and they would say nice things about him <laughs> <laughs> i mean i and and, and and my wife always jokes you like you have a man crush on Derek Jeter. Right? i was like god this is just impressive like how do you break up with someone and they're saying oh he's the greatest guy like how does that so work? so so jeter's your baseball guy in the convo and is, roger is, I, and I i love i yeah. love I, I just love rock i just i and I, is, I, is roger do, do you do you have jordan and roger kind of as the tennis basketball parallel well i i don't I, you know jordan is so accomplished i mean roger sure. is, is is accomplished um i just know roger from afar right you know i just yeah. the way he plays i just love the way he plays right and you always have to beat him and, you know, very rarely does he come to a match 
he always looked like he's prepared. And look, you know, I don't know if he lost in the finals, but Jokovic certainly beat him. And Jokovic had to win that game. And that's how oh, you want to lose. Absolutely. And, and, and you know what? And it was great. The competition was magnificent. And you know these guys came to win. And they played to win. They took chances. And uh, But when you watch Roger play, I mean, I mean, it's, it's just beautiful how he plays. I mean, his ba- I could just watch his backhand oh, all day long. I could just watch his, the way his, he maneuvers yeah, I, and his shots and the way he runs around the backhand. And uh, and he's a, he's a super competitor. And uh, like I said, I just you know you 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 know what these people put into their craft and to watch them perfect their craft like they have, you have to admire it. So I I just I, but I admire all of them. But you know, Roger, God, I mean, like I said, he's just the he's just my favorite. In this decade, they've won 32 of 39 of the majors. Djokovic wow. 15, Nadal 12, Federer 5. Yeah. Of the 66 major titles since Federer's first, which was in 2003, they've won 54 of the 66. You look at the big three on the NBA side, we're talking about Bird, Magic, Jordan. They won 14 titles in a 19-year span. So it's a really, really interesting comparison. And obviously, we're talking team sport versus individual. But still, the and, and you know, Djokovic is a bit younger, obviously. So, um, you know, it, it's almost like, yeah, they're, they're still around and they're still competing at the highest <laughs> level. And N- Nadal is the guy I connect with most because he's so physical and he he's like if – you know, if, if there were walls surrounding the court, he'd be the guy banging into the walls. And, Man, and he's great. And I mean, been, he's just incredible to watch. So that's the guy that that I really uh, connect with most because, you know, playing ball growing up, whatever needed to be done, get on the floor and whatever else that that's that's my makeup. And obviously growing up watching 80s basketball, that's that's where I learned it from. So yeah, I mean, watching yeah, watching yeah. Rafa is just unbelievable. Yeah, Rafa. I mean, he's. I mean, he, he's he's fabulous, especially on clay. I mean, you know, you just watch how he moves around, and you know, being a lefty, and uh, you know, it's always you know when it, when you play like table tennis, or you and you know when someone someone is left-handed, God, it just it it just it just it's so difficult, right? So I can only imagine playing against him because he's left-handed, he's mm-hmm. he's athletic, he 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 gets angles that you just normally don't see, right? And, uh, and I mean, he's just, and he's relentless, right? I mean, he gives you effort. He gives you maximum effort. So, I mean, he's great. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with any of those three. And, uh, and they're certainly fun to watch. And, and um, you know, I, I'm just glad I said I had a chance to see these guys play and, uh, and see them play in their prime. So it's, it's, it's been fabulous as a, as a tennis fan. Is there an NBA guy? And don't get caught up in the lefty thing. But is there an NBA guy with how he he carries himself and how he works and how you see him? Like Federer makes it look easy. Nadal never makes it look easy. He's giving every ounce. Is there an NBA guy that comes to mind uh, who played or is in the league now, who plays at a very high level, and you can tell he's just leaving everything, every possession? Well, you know – the game is so different right now, and the way the game is played, you know, you don't see the 
you don't see the, the 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 style that you saw like in you know you talk about magic you talk about bird you talk about jordan i mean think about this in in that time magic was showtime mm-hmm. larry was you know the celtics won a fast break and you know and i don't think anybody was really moving fast all <laughs> right <laughs> you know it wasn't as like fast, as fast as it took yeah, I don't think Larry. Well, the eighty Celtics were the perfect example of the ball will always beat a body down the court. So exactly. we better we I better mean, throw this thing up the wing quick. But they had a certain style, and you had to respect yep. it, right? You you respected the the Celtics style, right? They were going to execute. They were going to be opportunistic on the break, but for the most part, they were going to be a half court execution team and take advantage yep. of the matchups. And then all, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this young athletic player comes out and kind of plays totally different, but has an impact on the game. Today's, you know, it's hard for me to, to say that about today's player because everyone is playing the game the same way, pace and space. Like, everyone plays the same way. And that's the, the thing about today's game as I'm trying to get adjusted to the game is like, how can 30 teams all play the same way? I'm hoping, I'm hoping this season we're going to see some teams go back to doing some other things. And yeah, I, we may see that because the Warriors are no more. And as you said many times, everyone was trying to create that type of team to match up with the Warriors, switch everything, spread it out, and then, of course, when they were going small, try try to at least attack them in the paint a bit. But yeah, I'm hoping this season we get back to some size. Even seeing what we saw 10 years ago, where you had a combo of great skill, great versatility, shooting, but you still had size in the league. You had KG, you had Duncan, you had, you know, Dirk playing pick and pop and playing on the post. You, you had a lot of everything. So I hope we see some of that in, in the upcoming season. So quickly, the Rafa comparison, that could easily come full circle to the beginning of the show. Rafa and Westbrook have a lot of similarities <laughs> in terms of that oh, flair and that fire. Yeah, so. that is, that's, that's, a, that's a good comparison. You know, those guys would be great. But I just want to say this, you know, as regards to your last comment, you know, the game, will all, in my opinion, will always be a big man's game. And... At some point, it's going to come back, and you're starting to see it come back slowly now. You know, I think this game will come back because the next big impact you'll have in the game is going to be a stretch five, okay? Mm -hmm. A stretch five who can play on the perimeter and can play in the post. And so, you, so, we're getting... So quickly, do we have two of those already in Jokic and Embiid? Well, I, I, I don't think those guys... See, the problem is, is those guys didn't practice that way. See, when you when you practice, you kind of develop that skill set, right? I don't think Jokic grew up saying I was going to be a stretch five. He just has a skill set that can do it. Sure. But I think t there is a kid out there right now who is playing pickup basketball, and that's the way he's playing. You follow what I'm saying here? Like, yep. Nope. You know, it's... like I didn't grow up playing pace basketball. I grew up like, okay, let's get the best shot. Mm -hmm. But there is a, a seven footer that is playing now the game that you're seeing on television. And when that player gets to the NBA, 
that player will have a chance to really have an impact on the game because that player will be able to play that game and then implement his style or his whatever his skill set. You know, like Jordan was the first, in my opinion, that was a phenomenal athlete. Was a he was a phenomenal player, I should say, who just happened to be a phenomenal athlete. He was the like the first one. Like Michael Jordan doesn't get enough credit for his skill set. Like he was a very very skilled basketball player who just happened to be a incredible incredible athlete. Yep. There's going to be a so you're seeing like Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. and he 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 gives you a little glimpse of what that five man could do. Joel Embiid gives us a little glimpse of what's to come. Giannis, we have a game right now that's all fives, I mean, all shooting and three-point shooting, and Giannis wins the MVP and is not a three-point shooter. Refreshing. So now I think there's going to be a seven-footer who is going to be that combination, and I can't wait to see it, where he'll be able to shoot the three because you got to have a consistent shot. From the perimeter he'll be able to play that perimeter game and spread the court but he'll also be able to when the game gets tough and the game gets you know a little chaotic he'll be able to go to the post and work because you have to you have to have that in the playoffs and when we see that player that's when the game will resemble the game that you and i will grew up watching and it will come back once that player has all of those talents that you see today. We see glimpses of it now. You know, we all say things like, well, it's playoff basketball is different from the regular season. Yes, it is because the game has to slow down. Okay. The screen roll has replaced throwing it into the post presently because we're going, we're playing a much smaller game. Yep. But at some point, and I think every player understands this, if Joel Embiid were to play the game, and, and he was just, let's say he was in incredible condition. No one in the league can stop Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is a talent that can't be stopped. Now, the only one that can stop Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid at this point because there isn't anyone that's big enough to guard him on the post, and there isn't one that's big enough and athletic enough to guard him on the perimeter. He's strong enough, he can pass the ball, and he knows how to play. But he has to be in the physical condition to be able to do that. It's it's a scary combination. It's so. a sc- and it's, it's and that's and that's what I think we're going to see at some point here, because you're seeing it a little bit now. And Brooke Lopez, think about it. Brooke Lopez started off in this league as a low post scorer. Oh, he was a he's, pl- he's a plotting five man, and he changed and now, his body, amped up his skill set, and, and now he got paid to be a, a stretch five. Absolutely. And, Stretch fives, and that's yep. that's what I think. Great way to close it today. Terrific job, my friend. As always, it's uh, kind of weird having a uh, little bit of a, a mellow week on, on the NBA uh, landscape and horizon. But we will be back next week for producer Mike Lieber, Bruce Bernstein, Benjamin Wolfen on the edit, and the entire Pure Hoops media team. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show. He's been having killer guests all the way through. That drops on Monday. Catch and shoot. Coming back next week on Wednesday. Bucket Sports and Blocks Thursday. And, of course, BJ and I will be 
the Pure Hoop Podcast coming back at you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy. The Pure Hoops Podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.